Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ittaba'a hudah Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh I am extremely uh, humbled and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and excited to announce the release of a new publication a literary work that Allah has enabled me to see through uh, to its fruition uh, that focuses on the Kaaba its past and its future. It's published by MG Dynamics, a new local company, and it will be available via this company, MG Dynamics, on uh, the number 074-577-0116. It will also be available at the Awal Masjid, the DU Center, Sawans, and other local outlets, inshallah. The official launch will be uh, this coming uh, Thursday night, the 8th September, and uh, uh, you should watch this space for further details, inshallah. I thank Isnad Academy for this opportunity, um, that uh, for, the, for an interview regarding the idea behind the book and the aim uh, for the book or with the book and um, regarding um, the process of uh, compilation. Alhamdulillah, I, I'm grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the initial idea it stemmed from my curiosity regarding the Kaaba itself. And then I thank Allah as well for the um, uh, guidance uh, along the path of research and the resources I was able to access. Because every ayah, every hadith, every luminary noted in the book, every quote, every fact is referenced, alhamdulillah, and authenticated. And then um, I thank my, my family, my, my wife, Mariam, and the kids that allowed me the space and time to do the research and write and rewrite, alhamdulillah. May Allah reward them greatly and may they have a share in any potential reward gained from the, from the actual um, uh, work, from the actual book. And then my parents, my mother read the entire book and gave me her valuable input and my father's support was always there. I pray for them for many good years ahead, alhamdulillah, for still having them with me, with us. And then um, I have to thank uh, the English editors, Sister Shireen Idris and her husband Samir and Dr. Majdi Basir um, for their valuable input and their time spent in reading and rereading and just the fact that they gave it such uh, thought and uh, for their concern, I really appreciate it. They took it to heart. Um, and then Shah Abdurraouf and his wife Ummu Abdullah all the way from Abu Dhabi out there, I can't imagine the level of sacrifice uh, with all that's on your plate and uh, my, my sincere prayers for acceptance for all that you are able to do there and all that you are doing there and for your continued well-being. Jazakumullah khairan. For my brother out in Mauritius, brother Yaqub Ramtullah, for his uh, invaluable support and his um, generosity and kindness towards the publication. May you be rewarded uh, as well and share in the reward gained. And then for the final edits, Sister Nadima and Shireen and my brother Fahmi for his patience. I, don't, I do not know how to thank you all. Jazakumullah khairan. But I, I'm mentioning um, these people's names because it's a collective effort, alhamdulillah. And uh, I would love the potential viewers of the podcast they had to, to realize um, or try at least to realize um, uh, how much effort went into this publication for the community because there was not a fact that I came across and, and came to learn and know uh, and became excited about except that I imagined my brothers and sisters in the community uh, also becoming excited about it and appreciating it and growing through it 
because I did not find any sufficient or um, yeah um, fulfilling uh, resources on the Kaaba in our local market, and uh, I therefore made the niyyah and took the step to to attempt to produce something. And Alhamdulillah, it has come to this point. So uh, I pray for acceptance. I pray that um, uh, it is benefited from out there in the community and that uh, through it we not only uh, develop a better understanding of the, the Kaaba itself as a structure, as a symbol, and uh, not only do we gain more clarity regarding our um, expected, uh, expected relationship with it as a symbol, but that we also uh, grow closer to our Creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala, for uh, it is about Him that uh, uh, the symbol is there in our daily lives. We face it on a daily basis. Five times a day we face in this direction and our Umrah and Hajj is, is performed towards it. And for Allah upon all of humanity is the pilgrimage of the house. But But our worship is, is for the Lord of this house. So just that understanding by your information that is the aim, inshallah. May Allah accept, enjoy the podcast ahead and uh, I'm looking forward to some valuable input and uh, ideas from yourselves for any future endeavors, inshallah. Shukran, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa bihi nasta'een wa nusalli wa nusallim ala rasulihi al-kareem khawatami al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi wa alayhim ajma'een رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته to our viewers and our listeners and to my dear guest in studio Sheikh Ismail Lont assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum and assalamu alaykum to all our viewers barakallahu fikum Sheikh I'm very delighted today we're recording this on yawmul jumu'ah and uh, while Sheikh has been here before Sheikh was secretly in the background doing some work that I wasn't aware of and I'm very delighted to come to to learn about the work uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and reward you for it and I'm referring to this book that she has authored uh, that I'm very excited about the Kaaba its past and future intriguing title intriguing work and having looked at it um, mashallah a brilliant contribution to the legacy of knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this ummah of Islam. Um, so before I say anything else, Sheikh, may Allah bless you and reward you and accept your efforts in this regard. And may it be a means of drawing closer to him, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Ameen. You are too kind, Mawlana Irshad. Shukran for that beautiful uh, commendation and dua and amin to the duas. And it's but a small attempt to understand and to gain understanding. And uh, yes, it's uh, an attempt as well to, through the understanding, hopefully gain um, a level of additional closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So myself and whomsoever Allah uh, for the opportunity to gain some understanding or benefit from the work, inshallah. Uh, so Sheikh, first and foremost, I need to ask because I am a um, aspiring writer. I would like to be considered a writer and I would, I would love to do that. Uh, it's my dream um, to, to, to do that, inshallah. So I have to ask, where does the inspiration come from for this particular project? The inspiration for this particular project, Sheikh, and I would, I would understand that um, of the viewers would also be 
curious to know because it's not particularly Quran related. No. And they would f- see me or have seen me essentially being involved in some Quran related activities. No. Th- this has been a personal quest, Sheikh, always in that um, I myself I had to acknowledge my ignorance in relation to the Kaaba. Yes, we know it is the most sacred structure in Islam. Mm. And yes, we know we face its direction on a daily basis in our prayers. Yes, we have some basic um, information uh, acquired in our madrasa days regarding um, the fact that Rasulullah wasallam, at the age of 35 was instrumental in, in, in settling some dispute when the Kaaba was rebuilt mm. and um, the black stone was the issue. All Everyone, all the clans wanted the honor of putting it into his place. We, we know these types of things. And we know from the Quran that Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam and his son Ismail alayhi salam, they were involved in its, uh, one of its initial constructions. But there were always some uh, questions in my mind. No. Like um, the, the fact that Allah does not say in the Quran uh, that Nabi Ibrahim and his son Ismail alayhi salam built the Kaaba. Allah says they raised the foundations mm. of the houses, number one. And then number two, the issue of Nabi Ibrahim salam and Hajar and Ismail um, going to the valley of Makkah and Nabi Ibrahim salam leaving them there. Mm. Okay, so Ismail salam is a, is a child, an infant, a baby, and he's left there with his mother and Ibrahim salam leaves, mm. right? We know in the back of our minds that Ismail was older when he assisted his father to raise the foundations of the Kaaba. No. Some would say to build the Kaaba. But Allah says raise foundations. But we go back to this when Nabi Ibrahim salam left Hajar salam and Ismail there as a child in the valley. He turns to Allah and says, and Allah quotes him in Surah Ibrahim. Allah He says, O oh, our Lord, I have placed of my offspring in a valley without a plantation by your sanctified house. Mm. So, so now, if, if Ismail and Ibrahim salam only raised the foundations when he was bigger, what was there at the time when Ismail no. was an infant? Because no. he, he, he refers to the, the space and the place, the exact place as by your sanctified house. So that's was always on my mind and how no. to collect, connect the, the, the dots. Mm. And then... Um, so it started off from genuine uh, curiosity. Curiosity Ayyum. from within me. And then a personal um, concern... Uh, when I was afforded the opportunity to go for Umrah and to go for Hajj, um, I, I, from what I heard of previous travelers amongst my family members and others, and they, 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 the emotion that they had and felt and experienced when they first saw the Kaaba or by the Kaaba, you know, um, my concern was one based on the fact that I did not necessarily feel that mm. or know that. Mm. And how could that be, you know, acquired? No. And 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 with time, the anyone who has gone perhaps for Umrah or Hajj will say, you, you develop a relationship with it. Allah puts something in your heart, etc. And the Tawaful Wada is of the most difficult things to do when you have to part ways. Mm. There's some magnetism, definitely, some some type of motherly, feminine mm. protection, some no. connection. No. But 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 it's still a structure. And 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 overcoming that that barrier of it it it's not about it really you might develop some feelings or emotion or hmm. attraction but it is a mere symbol no right 
um, and the reason for it being there, etc. Just coming to terms with all these facts. And then one thing hit me. Alhamdulillah, in 2019, I was afforded to go for Hajj. And there was a gentleman, a Palestinian, who was living for years in uh, in uh, Gauteng, in Pretoria, somewhere there. And uh, he was also on the journey. And we were, uh, we were in our second round of tawaf mm. in Ihram. We entered for the Umrah. And in the tawaf, we were busy with some basic adhkar. He, he nudges me. And he tells me, um, I'm worried. I say, well, what's wrong, brother? And he's my senior by more than 10 years. He says, I, I, can't, I can't reconcile as to why I'm doing this. Uh, why are we walking around the structure? No. You with me? What's the reason for it? And um, me as an, as an ac academic, he says, I, I, can't, I can't reconcile and understand. Mm. So I, I mentioned one or two things to him just to guide his focus, and I said we'll chat again later. Hmm. So then I came to realize, I, I was maybe shy to express this, my concern to someone. Hmm. Others may have the same concerns, but they see how people are sitting in the haram, looking at the Kaaba, and crying, or, 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 or almost even uh, um, forcing their way to get to the Kaaba hmm. because of the, 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 the zeal and zest of the connection they feel. And, and they might have the same concern in that they are not feeling what these people are feeling mm. with me, but they might think it's something wrong with them. And as a consequence, they do not express this concern mm. or, 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 or worries, you know, regarding their state. Because it is, it is, it is attached to our religion. Mm. It is of, the, of the, 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 the main features of our religion in that on a daily basis, this is now, that's Umar and Hajj, but on a daily basis, we are connected to that Kaaba. Mm. And we say it's the first house it was established for, for worship. And it's supposed to be Mubarak and blessed. And it's a guidance for the worlds. How is it the guidance for the worlds? All these questions were in mm. my mind. So that's essentially what drove me to it, uh, Sheikh. Tamam, tamam. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's absolutely fantastic, Sheikh. I, I am intrigued by the same questions, mashallah. It, it is... Um, it is somewhat of a mystery. And when, whenever I explain to non-Muslims especially, because if you look at Muslims around the Kaaba, it looks like we're worshipping the Kaaba. If you, if you have no clue, we're bowing down to the Kaaba, we're walking wow. around the Kaaba, we're touching the Kaaba, people are yeah. crying. Yet, uh, while standing next to it, we, we understand that it's a symbol. And we, we explain it. We explain it as such to those who don't know. We tell them, look, should the Kaaba be destroyed tomorrow, we would still face that direction in play. We would still perform tawaf there. Okay, but let's rewind a bit. So Sheikh has this curiosity. Many people have curiosities and they ask questions and then they get answers. But Sheikh decided to go the way of uh, writing this book. So tell us a bit about what went into that. How did it become, uh, how did it go from being a question and then become a book and how how did that journey unfold no so um like i said uh, my own curiosity trying to find material on no. the the book itself and i found some but it was um extremely basic and i had to dig mm. and I, I i then discovered um uh, works that I have not that I had not heard of before. I had mm. not heard of before, and um, uh, I, I, I almost got sucked in to this um, different space of history and record. And then I realized all the information is there, mm. 
And um, what we're sitting with is our, um, either, either we lack the tools, which is the Arabic language, for us to access it, or um, we have not really prioritized a basic uh, entity like the Kaaba. Logically, we would think that because we're facing it every day, and because we yearn for the, those journeys of Umrah and Hajj and to go there, logically we would think that our, our, our knowledge of the, of the structure itself would be reconciled and understood. But, but we've, we've generally accepted it for the symbol that it is, no matter what its history, no matter what its future, and the, the issue of future is important to our toilet down the line, inshallah, but, um, and no matter what it, it's supposed to mean to me, I just accept and go with the flow. So, so I, I came to realize that um, uh, not for, for any reason, but to make the information available, uh, a basic work on uh, the Kaaba would hopefully be of benefit to others as well. Like I, like I mentioned uh, now uh, earlier, Monana, that um, I realized with that man's question that others are in the same boat, mm -hmm. most likely. Mm -hmm. And they may simply be shy to ask or do not have the opportunity to ask and discuss because it's a given. It is what it is and we are here in relation to it. And even though the, the, the tawaf is not something we can do anywhere else, mm. so it's not something we, we are used to, we come there and we just go with emotions and move and we are there by it and, and we, we witness what we, what we have not witnessed before in our lives and we just we just come to a level of acceptance and that's it well, but, but uh, uh, the, the, like i said the, the it shouldn't it, it doesn't have to be that way mm. it doesn't have to be that way the information is there and we can come to some heightened level of understanding which will inshallah hopefully enhance what we are expected to do Amen. in relation to the kaaba by the kaaba and uh, it might heighten uh, our overall understanding of of, of Deen, and this is important because uh, it opened up um, avenues of understanding for me, Sheikh uh, uh, beyond the symbol itself, mm. uh, based on what scholars have researched. And I came to realize that this curiosity about the structure itself is not new. Mm. I, I am not alone currently, and neither was it that previous generations were simply accepting of it you know, as well. They also inquired. They also found uh, or, or were led to find some uh, uh, pertinent facts and, and, and which, which, which resulted in, in, in their growth. Mm. So like it resulted in theirs, we hope that it will result in our growth as well. I mean, I mean, Yarob. Um, one thing that Sheikh is really reminding me of now is uh, when reading the Ahya of Imam Al-Ghazali when he explains the Hajj is there's such a there's such a profound message that he has in there. He says, "Look, this is the one act of ibadah where it's like pure ubudiyah. You you can make sense of many of the elements of Islam, many of the acts of worship, but you're going to be lost when it comes to Hajj because the idea of walking beyond this, walking around this building seven times, and mm. you know the, the the rituals are it's purely ta'abudi, it's purely like acts of worship. Mm. So I can I Will can. it make sense to you or not? Naam, hakada. And um, yeah, so it, it's intriguing. And then also the fact that there's very little available, uh, Sheikh rightfully pointed out in the in the in the English language at least, as far as this is concerned. So uh, when did this project start? Sheikh? So uh, 
it so happened that uh, after that Hajj 2019, end of the year, I was just um, randomly from time to time doing some basic searches online for works on the Kaaba. And then what happened is that uh, we had lockdown, mm. start of 2020. So I had um, some more time. Uh, and when I actually started jotting and making notes was during that year, during 2020. Oh, and it, it, it intensified. So that's one of the benefits of, uh, of lockdown in that I uh, had much less distractions because it requires obviously time. No. Uh, yes, you find the facts, but then you have to find appropriate translations for it. And then you find the facts and you want to verify the facts. And then you find the facts and you want to make sense of it all in relation to other facts, etc. Mm -hmm. So then um, 2021, I can remember there were early mornings and I, and I would sit with a, with a, with a, a stretch, like a, a break after two hours and then sit again for two hours and sit again. It would be throughout the day. And family, my family gave me space, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. And then uh, the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the, the requirements of lockdown, the, the, the protocols, and the, it lessened and lightened up. So I came to a point where I found uh, content that was referenced to books that I could not find online. Mm. Okay. Couldn't find PDFs thereof, and I, I found some uh, some record about these books, but not the actual books. Right. And then I tell you, Sheikh Rishad, uh, with the protocols lightening, we could move around a bit. I then contacted uh, a colleague of yours, Maulana um, Abu Bakr Shaibu, mm. who is the administrator no. of the Darulum al Arabiya al Islamiya in Strand, because. Uh, I wanted to inquire about accessibility to Mawlana Taha or Mufti Taha's library. Allah mm -hmm. And then he, he mentioned to me that the students were still doing online classes, so the space is empty, except for a handful of foreign students who were there upstairs. So I asked him permission to gain access to the library, and that changed everything because I found of those books there. Books on, um, essentially, besides the biographical works, but uh, books on Islamic history from various angles, history of cities and towns and history mm. of, you know, developments around the Kaaba because they are linked. The, the book might not be addressing the Kaaba only, but this mention of the Kaaba within. Mm. Uh, or, or, or it not be it might not be specifically about the Kaaba, but it's it it's it's it it deals with a particular uh, luminary who had some hand, you know, in one aspect of the Kaaba. So that that is mentioned in passing so i wanted to see the the actual work you mm. know from the references and i wanted to see and try to get as much information of how this author or historian or scholar got the information because it's ultimately um it's ultimately connected to our faith mm. it's a symbol of faith anyway no blessed is and guidance because it's a symbol of symbol of faith first house Established for what? Eh? For Allah's worship. So linked to our Tawheed. Mm. It's one of a kind. There's no other. Uh, it cannot be reproduced, etc. And all our masajid all over the world are connected to it. Mm. That one initial house. So, yeah, it was an attempt. And it's, it's still, the offering is presented as an attempt to, to gain understanding and to gain as much uh, reliable and authentic information on the topic as possible. MashaAllah. May Allah accept and bless the, the effort 
and make it, as I said, make it a means of, of uh, many people falling in love with the Kaaba again. Amen. And uh, may Allah take us there again and again. Amen. It's been quite a while. Subhanallah. Yeah. I, I think Sheikh has, has Sheikh gone again since the lockdown. No. No. Yeah, subhanallah. Yeah. It's been it's been a while. So Sheikh, looking at the at the book, uh, which I said I was, was very excited to hear about and to come to learn about, um, the structure is based around the, the title, the Kaaba, its past and future. So in in essence, we we're going from right at the beginning. And uh, we're going into a space of what we what we consider of the ghaib. It it hasn't occurred yet. No. Um, let's let's go back, and the question is answered in the in the kitab. But I'd I'd like for Sheikh to to uh, you know maybe touch on it a bit. But who built the Kaaba? Mm. Who built the Kaaba? And uh, as Sheikh alluded to, you know, there's references in the Quran to Nabi Ibrahim raising the foundation of the Kaaba. Yes. And then uh, in Hajj classes and the like, you know, we, we often hear people speaking about um, how maybe the Malaika or maybe Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. So in Sheikh's research, uh, what could you share with us about uh, about the the origin of the of the building itself? No. So. Um, well, I mentioned the, the title and then the, the index speaking of a particular uh, train of movement no. regard in relation to the book. So past to future. Um, the, the opening chapter has some uh, concepts mm. that we address regarding the name, regarding it being a symbol, etc. And it also addresses, uh, so, so it's key concepts here, but it also addresses like... Uh, uh, the, 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 the information I was able to collect um, on the pre-Abrahamic period, mm. uh, and not to not to give away everything that's in the book, but um, we have uh, uh, narrations that speak of the angels' involvement and mm. how it came to be. Mm. We also have information regarding Nabi Adam alayhi salam and say the Hawa alayhi salam and how mm. it came to be and what the involvement actually was, and we also have information regarding um, one of Nabi Adam alayhi salam and Hawa alayhi salam's sons. And what his involvement was, and if if you were to to look at them independently, they could be confusing. Was it now them or him mm, or mm. The, yeah? But but if you look at them collectively, you could see that it, it, it most likely and I, and I present this this theory, it, it, it most likely was that they all played a role at different stages, mm. and took it from uh, phase to phase Tama. up until. Um, uh, Nabi Nuh salam, and the flood that affected a standing structure that required Nabi Ibrahim salam, to raise the foundations when he came to the valley. No. Uh, so so um, I would leave it open because it's so far back. No. The reference, the, the information is there and the references are given and um, whom the, re the, the, the content was drawn from what tabi'i essentially and what sahabi if it is mentioned like Ibn Abbas um, but as far as uh, putting our, our finger on on a, a a a clear a clear and defined train it's an attempt from mm. my side mm. to put it all together and to give some type of um, complete picture where each where each bit of information is like part of the puzzle. No. Up until Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, where the Quran itself 
makes mention of his involvement. No. The Quran is silent regarding the pre-Abrahamic period. Ayuh. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself is quoted in Although the Quran does give clues. No, the Quran gives like, clues no. like, like the previous one we mentioned Ayuh. earlier, I'm saying at that time he placed his wife in his Sunday. Um, but so so it was it was an attempt to collect the most reliable, most authentic, and then to put those pieces together and to see what we have at the end of the day of a, of a completed puzzle of sorts. Tamam. One thing that I also noticed when, when going through this particular chapter is that uh, Sheikh, Sheikh didn't write this book with one audience in mind. There's actually no. something for everyone. No. Like I was going through and I was thinking, oh, subhanAllah, Sheikh actually speaks here in about uh, some of the ruwat of the hadith. No. Like for example, just to share with uh, our viewers and our listeners, in a in a khutbah that I was preparing for for today, uh, there was a narration. There's a famous narration, but it's the first time I actually looked at the authenticity of this narration. Where the Prophet Sallallahu speaks no, about sorry. how, oops, sorry about that. Where the Prophet Sallallahu speaks about how the um, the fitan will come like darknesses of the night. Yes, uh, but there are various versions of this narration, and and. Often within the isnad of this particular narration, you find Ibn Lahiyah, no. Abdullah Ibn Lahiyah, and Sheikh mentions it in here. So yes. Ibn Lahiyah is one of those narrators where uh, you don't you don't just read through him. There's something that that one needs to know. So in yes. our hadith studies, I still remember Mal Abdul Rahman uh, who taught me Rijal in third year. Uh, he pressed upon us, he impressed upon us to you know absorb as much information about the the. Narrators. Common narrators as possible. So Ibn Nahi'ah was an interesting one because he was a reliable narrator because he narrated from his books, but then his library burned, burned down. Yeah. And then he became an unreliable narrator because he had a scribe yeah. who used to who used to enter information into his books yeah. as though it was his work, but it wasn't his work. So because of his scribe that was unreliable, yes, uh, his hadith became unreliable. Yeah. However, because <laughs> this is, I don't know why I'm going down this route, but anyway. Because I reference, and not only give his name, but in the references, I mentioned something about him. No, I'm sure he actually went, went into the, the details. Of this. I found that nice because, you know, often you, you, as a student of Dean, you may see a book in English written by a scholar, a fellow scholar, and you think, okay, no, this is for the for, for the non-scholars. Yes. But there's definitely benefit to be taken. Mashallah, she did some nice re research in here. Um, so... It goes into the narrations, the authenticity of the narrations, um, also trying to uh, to to sort of create synthesis between the various narrations and understanding. So uh, I really I really enjoyed that, and I appreciated I appreciated the effort because I know it takes a lot of effort no, to go it through takes that. A lot of effort. Subhanallah, Allah bless. I, I learned a lot in the process, obviously. No. Yeah, and um, uh, I was trying to think of the potential uh, reader. Uh, and um, if I was to read this book, uh, what questions I would have. So I, I was trying to preempt the questions and I wanted to cover all the potential questions as much as possible. Mm. So I, I, that's in regard to every every aspect of the work. So whether it's, I, I say, for example, Qatada is narrated to have said, so, so who's Qatada? No one no, has heard of Qatada no. generally, I mean. So so there would be a, 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 a footnote, a reference as to who he is, as a basic information. As a, as a platform for further research no. and then the, the references themselves and then every fact, every new fact proffered and, and presented in the mm. book uh, is referenced and like you say, the, 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 where, the, where I myself needed to understand, I would research a bit more and try to make sense of it and consult and 
attempt a, a synthesis. And there, um, there, there were times when uh, the discovery led to um, some unique uh, tidbits and, and information, which was in was 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 initially in the primary work, mm. but then later, um, because I wanted the primary work to flow, and I no. didn't want to go into uh, debatable mm. points, uh, I then shifted to the footnotes. To the footnotes. No, that, that's so what that, footnotes that's are important. for. That's no, what footnotes are for. And it's actually very nice when you read a book and the author clearly knows how to make use of the footnotes. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so that's great, mashallah. Uh, Sheikh, then I want to speak about the future. So, But we did, we did not mention the, 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 the past. The past, essentially, that was like the, the pre-Abrahamic we highlighted. No. But the past is divided divided into two periods. Post Abraham. We have the yeah, we have the ancient past Ayyum. and the recent past. Ayyum. So the Ayyum. ancient past is primarily from Nabi Ibrahim Alaihissalam entering the valley up until Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we know that Nabi Sallallahu was born into Banu Hashim, which is mm. a clan of Quraysh, Seth and Quraysh were now the chiefs of the time and, and they were in charge of the Kaaba's affairs. But how did it come to be? Mm. So I wanted to unravel that. Mm. And we knew from our history that at the time when Abdul Muttalib, the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu grandfather was chief. Then initially, the Zamzam pit was buried. Ayyo. So how did that come to be? Mm. And we know of the dream mm. and how he then was shown by his dream where to dig and mm. where to unearth it mm. again. But how did it come to be that it was buried, etc.? Mm. And then we're always speaking about um, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu himself being a descendant of Nabi Ismail Alayhi Salaam. Mm. So what is that clear link and what happened in between? So that's the ancient past. The immediate okay. past. No, the ancient is Nabi Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam to so Nabi, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then the, the, the recent past, the immediate past would be from Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to us. Uh, to this day. SubhanAllah. Yes. So Sheikh goes into the rebuilding of the Kaaba and yes. the different uh, debates that, that took place regarding yes. that. That's of the initial ones, right? Firstly, uh, the 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 recent past from Rasulullah him being born in the year of the elephant mm. and the Kaaba essentially being under attack it starts there, and then beyond that okay we have the the rebuilding when he was thirty five and then we also have um, the the conquest of Makkah because mm. the Kaaba featured again, and then uh, we also have now beyond oh Nabi Sallam also ma- making some making mention of um, of something to Aisha radhiallahu anha regarding. Uh, the fact that uh, the people were only recently out of Kufr, had they not been, then you would have rebuilt mm. it on the on the foundation of Ibrahim. So what is that? What does that mean? No. So so I had to go a bit into you know mm. trying to identify what the issue was and what would have been changed, mm. etc. And then beyond the the pr- prophetic period, mm. uh, things happened in uh, Omar's time mm. expansion. Things happened in Uthman's time expansions. And then beyond the five Khulafa. Until Hassan, beyond that, what happened um, uh, and, uh, uh, with Az-Zubair in that precinct there, and no. when, the, when the Kaaba was actually damaged mm. by Hajjaj and others, and then uh, what Zubair actually did to the Kaaba, and there was a time when um, it was so damaged where it was completely covered, but Tawaf continued, and it, so so lots of good information, no. beautiful information, and then the, the 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 black stone being damaged. Yes, I was just I was about <laughs> to, I was about to mention that you know, uh, one wouldn't easily, you know, as 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 a non-scholar, one wouldn't yes. easily imagine that much happened between Rasulullah Sallallahu and the Kaaba and, today, no, because in one's mind it's like it's the Kaaba, who would dare touch it? You yes. know, who could do anything? But if there's one 
sort of shocking bit of info that would make anyone understand, oh, there's a lot more to it than we suspected. It is the story of the Black Stone. Oh, certainly. And, and the fact that the Black Stone that they have there now, uh -huh. what they're calling a Black Stone, is yeah. actually, uh, <laughs> it is a collection of fragments of, of the, the original, original stone. Black Stone. Definitely. Now, um, so, Sheikh, you want to tell us a bit about that? No, definitely. Like you said, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, a set of about eight fragments of the original stone. Mm. So how did that come to be? And anyone who spends some time looking at modern day photos of the black stone with its silver frame will note something in it mm. that that there are some small pieces that stand out from the from the surrounding um, uh, uh, um, base, mm. you know. So, but but getting information regarding it, that is the issue. Mm. So here we have information regarding it, and then in that period also after Zubair and others and uh, Marwan bin Abdul Hakam, all of them played a role again in uh, building the Kaaba and mm. fortifying it. And um, there was actually a time when the Kaaba, I mean, when the black stone itself uh, was. Uh, removed mm. and kept out of the Kaaba for a period that exceeds 20 years. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that the normal activity of Tawaf continued around the Kaaba with the black stone being elsewhere. Mm. For 20 years. Just over 20 years. Mm. So where did that come to be? How did that come to be? And it, it's information that's that's readily available and known by our scholars of history, mm. but we never had access to it. Mm. So it's part of the unique nature, but it also it also develops our understanding of all these symbols in Islam um, to, to a, a heightened level, uh, bringing us back to the fact that they are mere symbols. No. Okay? Anyway, so then uh, we go to the Abbasid era. And we go to the Umayyad, uh, firstly the Umayyad era first, and then the Abbasid era, and ultimately what happened during the Ottoman period. Yeah. And it goes up until the end of the Ottoman period, and which Khulafa, which leaders contributed in which ways, etc. Mm. Um, so that would be the, 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 the recent past, up until today, where the, uh, the uh, Saudi Arabian kingdom was established. And then I simply noted at the end, that um, information regarding expansions and developments around the around the Haram or around the Kaaba itself and within the Haram uh, uh, from the Saudi expansions are readily available online mm. in, in modern day mm. books. But what concerned me was the, the build up, everything prior to the current situation that we came to know or space that we came to know the Kaaba in. Mm, subhanallah. Another interesting thing, I, I recently, Sheikh Naz, came back from Istanbul, mm. and I think people would be surprised to know that we actually saw some of the black stone in Istanbul, but I see Sheikh <laughs> mentions it in the book as yes. well. So chapter five, chapter five is titled Miscellaneous. So mm. I, I love that chapter um, in a different way mm. because uh, I wanted to highlight certain facts I came across that did not essentially fit and suit the previous chapters. Mm. Um, so I put them all together and uh, in, in that first chapter, and that would include uh, descriptions of the black stone and the background to the black stone and the breaking of the black stone, and then also how and when it got exported or parts of it, and how it ended up in, in Istanbul. No, no. 
Subhanallah, intriguing. Okay, so now, Sheikh, we've we've made it through the past, the ancient past, the immediate past, mm-hmm. uh, the future. So I just want to, for the moment, because I think a non-scholar would be confused by this. How can Sheikh Ismail Lon speak about the future of the Kaaba? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but of course we know that there is a future as predicted by Rasulullah or rather prophesied by Rasulullah Um, so so there's there's certain things that we need to be aware of and actually be wary of Uh, to what extent does Sheikh go into into detail here so I looked at the hadith where Rasulullah mentions uh, some of the signs of the hour and what's to happen uh, in relation to the Kaaba and I tried to um, look at them all uh, individually first and then look at where they um, collaborate with each other and uh, expound on uh, the content within themselves no. and I then divided them into a few I think three chapters mm. highlighting uh, specific um, events and specific developments in relation to the structure itself no. so essentially none of it has happened yet it's all to happen as as conveyed by the messenger sallallahu as as inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no. so here's one of the chapters that i, I didn't uh, really touch uh, which is the future um, i see there's one uh, specific subtopic called the mahdi yes. now of course th- th- we know the sign of the hour and so forth but does sheikh ever go into the into the I don't know what to call it, the hijacking of the haram that took place, I think, in the 70s or in the 60s. Few people are aware of it, but there was actually someone who claimed to be the Mahdi okay. and uh, and sort of hijacked the haram and 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 took uh, certain people hostage, including the Imam of the Haram at that time. Is that is that no. exploding? Yeah? Okay, no, no, it's essentially content drawn from our religious texts. No, no. So um, there's some interesting stuff there because Rasulullah mm-hmm. actually predicted. Uh, certain things that you know, if, if you were to read the book, you would discover, and it's quite horrific. You know, if you were to imagine, you know, if we were uh, sort of alive when this happens, how would we react? You yeah. know, and what what would we do? Tamam. So, Sheikh, is there anything else about the book that you'd like to cover before we speak about where people can acquire the book, what the benefit of getting the book is, yeah. uh, to whom the benefit would go to, etc.? Yeah. So, there is one thing. Yes. Um, um, Allah asked about the reason for the, the compilation and the mm. research and um, I mentioned it was an attempt firstly for me myself to to understand and um, I hope that with uh, with people acquiring the work they will come to some form of realization and um, uh, be increased in the understanding of what it is meant to be but ultimately, um, coming to one of the chapters, uh, one of the, 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 the subheadings there in, in the final chapter, I, I noted um, some realizations that I came to see within myself um, uh, pertaining to the tawaf around the Kaaba and how to make sense of it as a symbol. And w- w- what I would love to, to say is, that I'm open to to people down the line, inshallah, um, sharing their own realizations in relation to uh, this unique activity of tawaf around the Kaaba itself, 
so that we can all learn together. The idea of the work is essentially to share the information so we all grow and learn together. So likewise, yes, we have the info. So what now? Right? So it's about me now facing this direction on a daily basis. Uh, what is my frame of mind when I'm in this direction? Uh, I'm facing it physically, but my heart is uh, directed to my Creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I understand better why He chose this particular spot and not others, number one. Then number two, if I'm afforded the opportunity to go for Umrah and to go mm -hmm. for Hajj, and I find myself in that space, even if it is on the roof of the Haram, mm -hmm. or on the second floor, whatever, but more so if I'm on the Mataf itself down there, and connected to it, where is my state of mind and has this information? I would love to know if beyond the information from the start of the book, but the, the that, that content regarding that sub that sub chapter there, the subheading there in that f uh, fifth chapter, the one about the realizations on Tawaf, mm. the reflections on Tawaf. I would love to know if that helped anyone out there and if there is anything beyond what I've documented, because that's not from any text, mm. right? Like we, you asked me about something that happened in the 60s, 70s. The work is essentially trying to unearth what's already out there but we do not have access to, no. number one. And trying to make sense of it, number one. The only chapter or the only part of the book that has no reference is that one of my own personal reflections. And I mm. would love to, to, to open up and, and, and gain and benefit from whatever other reflections that may be out there as well. MashaAllah. Sheikh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it one step further. I would love to be with Sheikh when we reflect together Inshallah in the haram with a group yeah, of people Rab. who had read this book Amen. and uh, because of it was inspired to go back to the Kaaba and uh, visit with its author so that Amen. we can we can have those experiences together Inshallah. Allah accept Amen. Amen. Um, and uh, I would encourage anyone and everyone in fact to to read the book to purchase the book first and foremost um, read the book and then make the intention to, to, to have such a venture um, I also intend on giving a series of talks of Jumu'ah talks, inshallah ta'ala. Allah bless. On, on, this, uh, on this topic. That would be much I don't know exactly when, but we're going, we're going to fit it in there somewhere. I just think it's so it's so important because it's it's homegrown. No. It's homegrown, mashallah. Oh, alhamdulillah. But uh, there was something uh, you mentioned earlier, and we would think it to be important, like you said, when speaking to a non-Muslim and trying mm. to explain to them mm. about why uh, we do what we do there, etc., uh, a lot of them naturally look at it and think of it as a pagan activity. Absolutely. They use these words. Absolutely. And I, I can remember I was about 19 or 20 and I was on a flight back from uh, from Joburg uh, and I was sitting next to a huge uh, uh, boor gentleman. Mm. And I had a, I had a, a, a funny like kofia on, like a colorful one. And then he, he started a conversation with me, firstly asking about the kofia. He, he thought and he expressed himself, which I appreciated. He thought that the different type of kufiya represented a different level of, of, of Islam. <laughs> he asked me like, so what did you have to do, uh, you know, religiously speaking, uh, to be entitled or to be worthy of that hat? No. You know? So I explained to him, no, you buy this, anyone can buy this, whatever, it doesn't matter, this is a style, this is a covering it. Oh. Then he spoke, and then he brought up the Kaaba. So you know what he thought all his life, because he never had access to information and it was just what he assumed because he put he put together that Muslim, Muhammad, Kaaba, so that's most likely where Muhammad is buried. Mm. He thought 
Nabi Muhammad SAW is buried inside the Kaaba and we performing tawaf around him. Subhanallah. So, so pagan they think of. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, so even a Muslim, I can understand. Young Muslim, moderately aged Muslim, elderly Muslim, for the first time, right? You are in your homeland. You love the Rasul Sallallahu You love the Quran. You love Allah. You love Deen. You know. You love Salah, and you know you're facing in the direction of the Kaaba, but you've never performed Tawaf before. Mm-hmm. You've never been there. You're overwhelmed because your mind is uh, is, is cannot relate what you are to experience with what you have previously experienced. No. Okay, you're overwhelmed. So you come there, and people have different experiences when they first see the Kaaba. Mm. But I, 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 I can bet that majority are having this issue of reconciling uh, themselves in relation to the Kaaba based on this tawaf and this activity. It's mm. something unique. It's something pure and it's something beautiful. However, however, it's about um, expressing and discussing and gaining access to, you know, appropriate information. Mm. To make sense of it all. Subhanallah. So, Allah bless and reward you, Sheikh. Uh, I remember, all, I remember two incidents that come to mind immediately. The one was my own experience as a child. Um, we had there were there were these non-Muslim white family that we that we had uh, an event with. My parents used to work with them, and um, they were starting to ask questions about so you know your religion and so on and so forth. And then I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I would also like to know. So they would ask, like, so, so what is the Kaaba? And our response is, it's the house of Allah. So as a child, I'm thinking, so Allah lives inside the house. And there's a funny story. I don't know, I don't know where I heard this from, but uh, of some gentleman who came to the door of the Kaaba and he started knocking, 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 because he's, he's, expecting, he's expecting an answer. Whether it's true or not, Allah knows best. Uh, but, you know, people wonder what's inside the Kaaba, can you go inside? Who can go inside? Why, etc. Um, but in da'wah, in da'wah, it is one of the most misunderstood elements in Islam. Really? Really. Because think about it, Sheikh. When, when, when they see images of Muslims on TV, mm-hmm. to the extent we, we all in Sandri would see it, it's going to be the Kaaba, it's going to be Hajj, Arafah. Yes. Um, nine times out of ten, the Kaaba is going to be somewhere in there, or they're going to yeah. hear the Adhan, but there's going to be no explanation around it. Mm. And if you see these people who look very pagan in their dress mm. and, and in what they are doing, um, and they're all just going around and around this building, you know, to the unfortunate Western world, uh, who are predominantly ill-informed about Islam, they have to make up their own minds about it. Okay. So they, they they call it the big black box. Mm. That's a, cof- a common reference to the Kaaba, the, the big black box. And um, they genuinely think that, that Muslims uh, worship. Many of them do. They think that, that Muslims worship the Kaaba. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, khidmah. Uh, Sheikh, in the kitab, the launch, tell us a bit, a bit about the launch and the availability of the book. Inshallah. Um... We're thinking of a series of small events mm. uh, that will represent a launch, actually. No. Uh, because it's, it, the launch is essentially an awareness of the availability of the book or the Come fact on. that the book has been um, produced. So so this pod- podcast, inshallah, is part of the, the launch activities. Alhamdulillah. And uh, hopefully they, uh, they have an interview on the Voice of the Cape as well as part of the launch activities. And then on the 8th of September... Um, with the, the weekly dhikr at the Awal Masjid, 
uh, it being the first masjid in Cape Town, some believe in South Africa, we hope to officially then uh, launch this book about the first house of Allah at the, the masjid after the dhikr on the 8th of September, inshallah. Amen. So it's not available for sale yet. Mm. But from the 8th after that announcement there at the masjid, it will then be available at the masjid. It will be available at the due sentence and other outlets like so once uh, as well, inshallah. And people inshallah. can contact um, the, the publishers, MG Dynamics, directly. We could have the, the, the number made available perhaps on your, on your site, inshallah. I, I will do so in a, in a lower third. Please please do remember to, to share it with me, inshallah. Sheikh, Jazakumullah khairan. May Allah bless and accept this effort. Um, is there anything that that people need to know as to, okay, we, we told them about why they should purchase the book uh, because of information, but is there, no. is there, are there other benefactors as far as the profits of the book and the causes and so forth? Yes. Inshallah, essentially, like I mentioned, the first to, to sell it and to make it available will be the Awal Masjid. No. And then uh, the Awal Masjid, it being a heritage site, people assume, like we say, we assume things, people assume that there's some type of um, um, independence and stability and all. But sadly, uh, it is uh, in a, a, a state of, uh, how do I put this? It would benefit from whatever support it can get, mm. the masjid itself. So whoever purchases via the masjid, via the committee, uh, a percentage of the um, the acquired funds goes to the masjid. And then the DU Center with these activities as well and other outlets too, obviously they can, they will benefit. And uh, if there are any any uh, people out there who are interested not only to purchase but to make it available to others, they can also contact MG, MG Dynamics and they um, uh, will will uh, gladly uh, give it to them at a at a, a wholesale price for them as well, whether, it's be a, whether it be a madrasa or another masjid, mm. Uh, for them to, to, to gain some additional benefits from the Tama. from the produce, inshallah. Inshallah, we will have it available at the Mowbray Masjid as well. Excellent. Uh, I will make sure to get some uh, copies from Sheikh. Excellent. But that will be after the launch at the Awal Masjid, inshallah. Inshallah, Ta'ala. Accept and hopefully we can even get Sheikh there to come and uh, speak to the Jama'ah about it. It would be great. And, and following from that, we, we do a series of, uh, of talks on it. Uh, Sheikh, I hope, inshallah, uh, we'll, we'll see how the, how the responses go. It would be really nice to engage with the broader community after they've read the book. If no. they have questions no. about the, the text and so forth, it would be great to engage with them. Inshallah. Uh, so we, we take that as a next step, inshallah. Inshallah, there is something, uh, seeing as Maulana mentioned that, um, uh, I intend down the line also as part of the launch and promotion to have lessons on the book okay, down mashallah. the line. But I, I'm intrigued by the fact that you yourself uh, intend presenting. No. And I would love if Isnad Academy would consider after some time inshallah to um, look at a discussion regarding um, a few of the, the findings in the book that, that, that actually open a door for further discussion mm. like uh, just I just want, want to highlight something that I, I came across which is, which is of concern and I need your input regarding it um, something which I did not know we, uh, we know of uh, the, the, those who keep the, the, the keys for the Kaaba. And uh, there's some information there regarding when it happened. And long before the Rasul Wasallam entered on the, at the conquest, it was already uh, amongst a particular clan. 
And at that time, the, the individual who was uh, in charge of it was Uthman bin Talha. <laughs> so we know that and we know some, have some information regarding him. Uh, but I researched when it actually began, when they got the kids and how much in the line of his forefathers was he. Okay. Right, right. But there's an issue regarding him. There's a, there's a, a narration that's actually the Wikipedia uh, uh, information regarding the Sahabi, which is, which is amongst the narrations about this event of the Congress of Makkah. It is regarded as the unauthentic version. Right. It is regarded as a fabricated version. Mm. It is regarded as a version that has no chain of narr narration. But we find this unauthentic, fabricated, um, chainless narration as the English um, reference for Uthman bin Talha and his, his place um, uh, at, in Makkah at the conquest of Makkah. Um, in, in the references, I then note the authentic versions and then I, I found only two references that mention the unauthentic one but they mention it to discredit it mm. they do not mention mm. it as a, as a state it. of fact no. they say this has been mentioned but it has no asal mm. no origin mm. strangely mm. that one which has no asal is the only one that's found in Wikipedia under Uthman bin Talha mm. so what do we do Sheikh Irshad can that be edited? Can it be amended? Can it be changed? Mm, mm, That's mm, something we mm. need to look into. No, and then I would love down the line if we could discuss some of these types of findings. Uh, if we were to check in the references, there's a, there's a, there's a list I can give mm. yourself to look into and I, I would appreciate uh, your input in that regard. We'll be happy to learn uh, in the process, inshallah ta'ala. Um, it's an exciting venture and this is, this is what, what ilm is about. Al-ilmu mm. thnatayn, you know, two people. Yeah. It takes discussion, it takes dialogue. So may Allah Ta'ala accept. Sheikh, um, is there anything you'd like to close with? No, I just want to thank you for the opportunity and for your come. time. And I pray for, for yourself and your family and the, the academy, Allah takes it from strength Ameen, to strength. Ameen, Ameen. And that uh, many come to benefit from what, all that you are doing. Ameen, and that it, Allah counts it amongst you, your good deeds and your mizan of hasanat. Inshallah, and that we can uh, see the academy and all that your endeavors grow from strength to strength. I mean, Ya Rab, may this be the, the first of, of many, uh, not the first, but may this be one in a series of, of many works, Inshallah Ta'ala. Mm. And uh, I hope to be part of that venture in the future. Farakallahu li wa lakum. Jazakumullahu khairan wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka. Wa natubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam.